Welcome everybody to today's podcast episode. You're listening to the Home Design Podcast. My name's Adam Case, your host, and we aim to educate, inspire, and connect South Florida with the industry authorities within their trade. Today, we have an amazing guest, and we're gonna be discussing everything biophilic design and why nature is so important in design, all with Rosie of Plant Me Rosie. Hello, hello. Can't wait to get started with you guys. Stay tuned. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm excited about this because biophilic design is something that we're hearing more and more of. It's been around forever. You know, obviously it's it's not anything new. But before we go into that, let's talk about you. Who, Who is Rosie? So Rosie is someone that grew up on a farm down in Homestead, always been around plants all my life. I didn't appreciate them until I got older and understood the benefits of them. And then, you know, it evoked my passion and I just hit the ground running from there. Um, And I've always been around it and I can't wait, you know, to keep growing this industry. It's such a beautiful uh, industry to be a part of. Absolutely. And when, when we're talking about your business is Plant Me Rosie. Um, is this a new company? Um, yes, tell us is. a little bit about that. So I have been in marketing and product development for many years. Um, fortunately, during the pandemic, I got laid off of the company I was working for. And I'm like, okay, so now what? So I was home with my kids and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this little Instagram thingy. And we're just going to like show <laughs> some posts and keep myself busy and my boys busy so we don't get bored at home. And unbeknownst to me, it kind of just kind of just kept growing people just wanted more videos more information more education so i started workshops on instagram and workshops from home via zoom because we were at home um and that kind of just grew and grew and then i realized hey i'm kind of good at this (laughs) and it's natural to me maybe i can turn this into like a business a side hustle we'll start with right so i started with the workshop part and then i realized well why am i not tapping into green walls and moss walls and things that i do naturally i am a biophilic designer as well by trade so i said you know what i'm gonna try it i'm gonna go with it i'm just gonna let it go trust life and see where it takes us and the audience responded really well so yeah we made it a full-blown business we opened up the llc and here we are today it's amazing i mean that's how we found you i mean we connected on instagram Mm -hmm. and that's how we got familiar with Mm -hmm. you and your knowledge and your work and everything that you do so it's incredible just how people connect and you know a lot of that, it happened, it, it's happened before COVID. We can't give it all to COVID, but a lot happened during COVID where it gave people a new breath and a new life in the sense of industry, their purpose and everything. So um, it's incredible, but you know, people, they're listening to this and they're like, what, what is biophilic design? So biophilic yeah. <laughs> design, and I get that asked all the time, right? It's it's some, it's not new. Like you said, it's been around a long time, actually since the 80s. Right. Biophilic has been around, uh, and even before then. But that word, right, that strange word, what, what is biophilia? So biophilia is basically bringing nature into your space. And you do that via the hero the hero star would be plants, right? Right. But you also That's do that. That's what we think about That's initially, think. but there's a lot more than that. Yes. So biophilia is bringing nature inside. What does that mean? That means via plants. That means organics, wood texture, cements, metals, everything that connects us closer to nature. It could be something as simple as an art piece that has, you know, nature on it, but it's bringing us closer to nature inside. All these urbanized spaces, we want to bring more green in. And that's basically what biophilia is. And the biophilic designer part of it is just designing with all things nature. Right. Without a doubt. And there's a lot of trends within that. It's like incorporating all the best trends, um, you know, because you're talking about obviously green is something we naturally like think about immediately as far as plants and adding life and all of that. Um, But even talking about things like 
live edge furniture. That's a huge trend. And that's repurposing something that has been the, you know, it served its purpose for so many years, um, you know, in nature, in its element. Um, but, you know, when these trees are harvested, once they fall and, you know, they go on to the next life, they don't stop there. They're purposeful furniture that is incorporated into design. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, you know, when talking about biophilia, it's not just the look, it's not just the appearance. The biggest impact is what it does to us as individuals. Absolutely. What are some benefits of biophilic design? So that's where I find purpose in what I do, right? But I I always want to do something with purpose. Moving forward, I don't want to do anything else that it doesn't, it's not with purpose. Right. So biophilia um, has so many benefits. Plants have so many benefits uh let's start with plants plants clean the toxins in your air right they 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 take in the carbon dioxide and they spit out oxygen that right. we breathe you couldn't live without <laughs> them right so that's incredible uh stress management uh creativity productivity we know that like green walls and moss walls all of this nature produces all of this so it's it's a healthy lifestyle i call it a lifestyle it's right. not just it's a lifestyle it's bringing in that wellness factor to be around so that we are more productive, our stress levels are down, our creativity is booming. So those are all the benefits. Without a doubt. And, you know, when talking about, you know, from these benefits and the influential aspect of biophilic design, when you go into like the influence of it, you know, what does that mean to you? To me, the influence would be, okay, so we all leave, live this very hectic life. We're right. always so busy and we need to stop and smell the coffee. In this case, stop and smell the plants. Right. <laughs> um, but what it means to me, it's just, it's just slowing down, connecting back to what's naturally in our DNA nature, right? We come from it. So to me, that's what inspires it. I mean, when I go into a project, sometimes I have the plan and sometimes there is no plan. It's like, do you, do you? So I have to walk into the space. The space speaks to me and it tells me this is what it's needing. And people don't realize biophilia is not just green and not just the elements of nature, but it can do be lighting as well. How you bring natural light into your home, um, water sources, right? Are there any water features? So it encompasses many things and it's all inspired by you just step outside take a minute stop all the busyness and listen to nature it'll speak to you without a doubt and this is something that you know for anybody that's listening to this i challenge you all to go into a space where there's some element of outdoors and then go into another space where maybe it's a darker room and not as many elements of life of color of greenery of you know wood accents of all of the things that nature possesses um I challenge you, go do that. And then if you don't have plants in your home, go buy one plant and tell and we want to know how it makes you feel. Um, but when talking about the, this design and talking about the process, why is it so important when it comes to architecture? You know, as far as how homes are designed or um, or commercial buildings or whatever it might be in its natural element. Because, you know, when we, when there's, more than ever before, there's more homes being built, um, you know, but what's unique about a property is a lot of times like there might be a beautiful oak tree or certain things that are there that cannot be moved or shouldn't be moved. Um, you know, what, what do you have to say in regards to the ultimately nature's importance in architecture and the, the initial design aspect when you know, they're going into the construction process. Really important, in my opinion. It's like uh, you can't finish that really cute outfit without those nice pair of shoes, right? right? So um, it's kind of the same thing. It's like you look at the space. It feels very cold when there's no nature there. It's just like this block of 
this building. But when you bring nature into that space, um, sustainable architecture, we're yeah. seeing it everywhere. Eco roofs, right? Like people are planting plants, greens on top of the roof. And don't realize it's controlling the temperature in the home, right? It's lessening your carbon footprint because you are, you're not, um, you're not having to run as much electricity. You're not having to push as much power to operate your homes. So sustainable architecture, something we're going to continue seeing growing and more and more. We are all living in these urban spaces and we need it. We need it more like now more than ever. So yeah. And it's funny you say that because I hear, I hear it all the time, carbon footprint. Um, and just to simplify it for a moment, those uh, who are listening to this that don't understand what carbon footprint even means, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as a bad question. And, yeah. you know, some people, you know, they want to really understand, like, what does it mean to have either a neutral or no, like, you know, as far as when it comes to carbon footprint, what does that mean? So, yeah. So we, right, individually, we all, we take up space on Earth. Right. We waste, we use, we, we by lessening our car, our carbon footprint can be many things. Right. We talked about repurposing earlier. So repurposing furniture, repurposing wood, um, bringing in a, a, a moss wall, for instance, a moss yeah. wall is sound absorbing. It is also stabilizes the, the temperature. Um, so that those things are lessening your carbon footprint, you know, like the old days, we don't throw away that pl piece of plastic on the ground. We right. pick it up and we put it where it needs to go. Kind of the same idea. So back into the more you go sustainably, the more sustainable living you go, the the more impact on that carbon footprint. What is our carbon footprint? Carbon footprint is how we individually affect our earth, right? right. So how do we lessen our consumption, our waste, our use while we're here? Right, absolutely. So I guess that's the best way I could explain it. Yeah, 100%, because it's whatever your output is, is into the environment um, and how you can neutralize that. Yeah. So that way, ultimately, you have no effect. And if everybody on this planet worked on neutralizing their carbon footprint, things will not get worse, absolutely. you know? Um, and then what we can do to make things better. Um, but there's a lot of people, you know, they're listening to this. They might be thinking generally plants, um, but, you know, obviously getting into the conversation, as we've already learned, there's a lot of other elements. But um, for those that have a green thumb or don't have a green thumb um, that are afraid of plants, what would you say is like the best initiation into like plant life? <laughs> so we all start with a black thumb, I call it. You know, <laughs> right. No one has that green thumb that comes with right. practice, right? With trial and error. Yeah. So I encourage if you are a beginner plant mom or dad, the way I, I classify plant parent, um, I would I would suggest, I would recommend you start with a very low maintenance plant. And what does that look like? What's a low maintenance plant? You know, um, something as simple. I can give you right now top five. A ZZ plant, a Santeveria, a Sago palm, a ponytail, um, an Aglaonema. Um, these are all really low maintenance plant. And what that means is that they don't require a lot of sun okay. and they don't require a lot of water. So if you are in a space that you're like, okay, well, I don't have skylights and I don't have any of the stuff she's talking about. You can get these plants that will survive in, in this type of lighting, this low lighting. So that's also important. You got to assess the space that you're in, right? Where do I get a light source from in my home? Where do I, you know, where is there water? Where is there? So you got to kind of assess your space, step back and be like, okay, what can I really do? I love plants. I want plants. I'm a little bit intimidating by, the, right. by them. I hate dirt. Maybe that <laughs> may be the case. I've, I've heard things like right. that. But once you find out the benefits of them, uh, you're going to want to bring that into your space. So just start with a low maintenance plant. 
And, and that's so important because, you know, when people buy plants, it's not just buying a plant and I have a plant. You know, you have to know what type of sunlight it needs, how much water it needs, because they all... They're not created equally. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. And they all have their needs. and Like us humans. Right. Mm-hmm. One, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same exact thing. And then there's a lot of things. Like you mentioned moss walls. Like this is something that I'm personally seeing more and more. They're okay. beautiful. They're art pieces. Um, you know, it's absolutely inspiring in any way, in every way. Tell us a little bit more about moss walls, because that is a growing trend that we see more and more of. Obviously there's not much maintenance to that. Um, but absolutely where do we go with that? Excited about that. So that is getting bigger and bigger as we're getting busier and busier. We all live very busy lifestyles. Not everyone has time to maintain their plants, but they still want something natural in their home. They don't want, you know, plastic plants or faux plants, you know, they release VOCs and they release chemicals and we're breathing this stuff and people don't realize that. Whereas a real plant does the complete opposite, you know, brings in the, the bad stuff and spits out the good stuff. So I would say just, um, just start there, you know, right. don't overthink it. Start with maybe one, one small yeah. plant and then, <laughs> you know, go from there. But, you know, nowadays plants have care tags. Okay. Just read your care tag <laughs> right, right. and you're good to go. And well, you can always send in for, you know, questions our way. And we're, we're here to help every single day. We answer questions all day long. Right. And that's what's important. But, you know, when talking about the implementation of the actual biophilic design, are there rules like as far as industry experts that are like that that are designing spaces that are going into it is there like any type of rule in particular that they're following so let's go back to the moss right because people are like well it's a natural it is a natural you have two types of moss you have the preserved moss and you have living moss living moss requires an irrigation system mostly you'll see it outside preserved moss it has been it's a natural moss that has been preserved almost like it's been hit with botox right and it's it stays right there in its state and it requires zero maintenance so that appeals to somebody who has a very busy lifestyle a moss wall i can bring in a natural element i don't have to care for it it'll stay just like that depending on it its surroundings the environment you have it in it can last up to 10 years with zero maintenance so initially it may be a big investment because I won't kid you. They can be pricey, but long term, the the return on your ROI is incredible because the benefits you're going to get from it, and then the longevity that you get from this natural element in your home. I'm always recommending a moss wall. It's amazing. And then talking about walls, because like we're seeing more and more of that, you know, plant aspect on our walls. You know, um, you know, plants can take up space, but on our walls, like utilize them. They're meant mm-hmm. to be used for art, for everything else. But thinking about plants. Um, you know, living green walls is something that has been growing indoors and outdoors. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously there's irrigation and things that go with it, but there's a lot of companies out there that have really simplified it and made it easy. But, you know, what do you have to say in regards to, do you, do you implement living walls in your projects? I do. I do. So again, depending on what the customer wants, your vision, you know, right. obviously budgets, we do, we do recommend living walls, always the plants. Um, we have different types of systems. Again, we assess the, it, it it's a, an assessment of each client each space what does the client need what is your lifestyle like and then we step back and we say okay this is what's going to go well pair well with what they need so i always recommend a plant a living wall plant but i understand it takes irrigation it takes maintenance because living walls is not just set it and forget it someone has to maintain this stuff absolutely so again if i feel like after we've 
we visited and I feel that, okay, they want something natural, but the living wall is not going to be the way to go. Then we go the moss wall. Right. And right. then we kind of work around that. Absolutely. And talking about the living walls in particular, are there certain plants that do best on these living walls? Absolutely. Again, it's going to depend on your environment. So right. where is the space? How much lighting is it getting? But absolutely. Indoor, like, outdoor. Indoor, yeah. outdoor. So there are back to the low maintenance plants, which I always highly recommend as well. So you've <laughs> Make got, it easy on yeah, yourself. Some yeah, some examples just to throw out there. If someone's like, okay, give me a plant name. Right. You've got pothos. Golden pothos is a really easy one or malanguita in Spanish. <laughs> um, there's also, you could do a lot with ferns, right? We have ferns all around Florida. Um, you can do a lot with Sansevieria, um, butterfly plant, um, jasmine. I mean, again, message me. I mean, this list goes on and on and on. People don't realize that there are a lot of hardy plants out right. there. And, you know, they, they may look finicky like an orchid. An, or an orchid looks really delicate and, and intimidating. But if people only knew they're so low maintenance, right? People do know, but some people don't. They're right. very low maintenance. So, you know, trying to encourage people not to be scared. Try it. Buy a plant. If it dies, buy another one. Right. <laughs> but don't give up. Don't give up. But it's funny you bring up orchids because I feel like, you know, they're, uh, they, they're supposed to be relatively easy to take care of, but I feel like somehow I kill them. And, uh, but then once they, once they appear to be dead, I put it outside and then before you know it, it is back to life and bigger and more beautiful than it's ever been before. I mean, it's incredible. Like just because it didn't sort didn't do well indoors. Like if you put it outside, it will naturally get, you know, the rain. The, I mean, it's like all, almost like set it and forget it. You see people that will actually put them on trees and Absolutely. tie them. To, you know, what can you say specifically about, you know, the orchids? So <laughs> some people over love their plants. Right. And they kind of like, what do they call them? The helicopter parent right. that are just like on top of their plant. Does it have enough water? Does it, if the plant will tell you. Right. So once you get to know your plant better and better, it will tell you how does the plant tell me that it's stressed. It starts to wilt. Right. It starts to kind of fall over. You can touch the soil. The old-fashioned way of testing the soil, whether it has enough water or not, you just put your finger in. If your finger feels dry, it needs water. Right. You never want to let a plant sit in water unless it's an aquaponic plant. It shouldn't be sitting in water because water will rot the roots. So it's just right. getting to know your plant and looking at it. Okay, it looks so beautiful <laughs> and stellar. I got it a week ago. Why does it look like this? Well, let's take a minute back. Are you really watering your plant? Are you giving it the care it needs? A lot of times it's us and not the plant. Right. And I've heard you, you should dust your plants and everything too. I mean, just yeah. taking care of the leaves, you, you know, um, but you know, going back to its purposes and what it can do, um, you know, we're all in different work environments, um, whether people are working from home or they're back in the office. Um, productivity is huge and quality of life in your workspace is very important. Um, you know, what are some different things that we can discuss as far as why businesses should be thinking about implementing biophilic design into their workspace? That's a great question, right? It's a great question. A lot of us live at the office more than we right. do at home. And the, again, those sterile environments and just sitting for long periods of time and just like sitting in that box, the way I call it, can really, you know, wear and tear on you. And, and, and um, it's a lot. So having just something as simple as a small plant on your desk helps a lot you right. know not only is it cleaning the toxins around you and for ladies it's keeping your skin nice and young because it's oxygen around you at all times um but 
you can take a moment. It's studies have proven that um, workers that are around biophilic design are way more productive or more creative. And it makes sense if you're sitting in a box that there's nothing to look at, there's not much green space. You're not really going to have much. The, the imagination right. and the creativity is just not going to nourish as much as being around green. So studies are again and again uh, finding that bringing green around employees is is making them more productive. Right, one hundred percent. So I mean, it doesn't mean that somebody has to just like wake up and say, "Oh, we're going to fill the office with plants." Like you can start small, or even better, you know, start with a professional like yourself, somebody that knows it, that knows the effects, plants that are going to be easy because, you know, obviously when when you're in an office, um, if there's times where you're out of the office, I mean, the care of it is very important. So having those low maintenance types of plants, I'm yeah, sure, are very important. Yeah, and it's important. part of what we do as well. We procure and we maintain the plants. We do work with plenty of companies that hire us to just, hey, assess the space, bring in what we need and keep it alive. Right. I don't care what you do, keep it alive. <laughs> exactly. No, definitely. And, you know, we mentioned it at the beginning, like trends are something that, you know, it, it's a word that's probably overused. Mm -hmm. um, like what is a trend? You know, the reality in you with a marketing background, the purpose of a trend is to keep people buying keep because people buying. if, if everything was always the same trend, there would be nothing new that people would have to refresh and change. So what doesn't matter if we're talking about clothes, home design, yep. whatever it might be, trends, it's a, it's a marketing scheme. It's a marketing <laughs> word. It's such a great marketing right. word. But let, you know, plans, sounds cool. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Right. Plans <laughs> are, you know, they're trending, right. but they are a lifestyle they're more than that so and it goes back to the fact that this is not new um when i think about biophilic design and when i think about architecture there's one name that comes to mind and you mentioned it before you know the 80s and even before then frank lloyd wright he is like an artist in the architecture world how he implements nature into all of his homes i mean that's whether it's waterfalls whether it's trees whether it's building homes around the natural environment but um you know what can you say in regards to this trend and even influential people in the design industry architecture industry that may have inspired you yeah so when I start started learning, you know, studying more to, I guess, perfect my craft, Edward Wilson okay. uh, started this whole bio in, in the 80s. I believe it was 1984 to be exact. Edward Wilson was the one that introduced biophilic and people looked at him like he was crazy, but he was ahead of his time, like right. many geniuses are. Um, and so I studied him and, you know, they, they, it, it takes time for anything, right? To really understand it and really for it to pick up. But yeah, I gravitate towards these these um, people because they're the ones there. They're the pioneers. They right. started it maybe in some cases ahead of their time and people are like, what? Put right. a tree on a <laughs> roof? Who does that? But in time, as we see the eco roofs popping up more and more and what they do, you can't ignore that you can bring down your electricity bill by 50%, you know, with these, uh, with green and enhance your home at the same time, beautify your home. Right. Why not? Absolutely. And like these are things that the average person aren't thinking about in regards to these other types of elements. Um, but clearly, you know, we've gone through, you know, all the different elements that go into successfully implementing biophilic design into our own spaces, whether it's work, whether it's home. Um, but where, where where do you see like the evolution? Like every single industry has evolved. Mm -hmm. Like where biophilic design started and where it is today. You know what can you say as far as like something specific in regards to that evolution aspect? Um, as far as like where this is going, or even like what is biophilic design going to look like in the next five years, ten years down the road? 
Um, I'm excited. I think it's going to get the design aspect of it will get more intricate and crazier and more right. innovative, and I love it. Um, you see simple things like today and in, like little things, little solutions, like going back to um, watering your plants. Right. There's this thing called the wicking system, and it's been around forever, and it's basically it's just a little stick you put with a little string. You can DIY it string on the end and hook it to the bottom of your plant and add it to the pot and now you've got a, a, a homemade reservoir i think it's exciting how people more and more are getting creative with right. the way they're styling their plants like you said earlier hanging them you know not, there's sky planters there's all kinds of planters i'm excited where it's gonna go i'm even seeing people driving around with like a little plant in their car i saw someone with like a little beetle the other day a, the little volkswagen right. you know where they used to put the sunflower well now they have like a little plant there they're literally driving around with their plants and and it's the millennial generation so i'm really excited about that because the baby boomer has always been the bigger demographic of plant enthusiasts but now this new generation this younger generation is loving plants i mean they eat they breathe everything is plants and it's so exciting because the younger you can get the generation (laughs) to get on board you know they're going to teach their children their future generations and everyone else behind them so that's exciting 100 and i think we can almost, I mean, talking about trends again, almost credit that whole uh, boho Mm -hmm. vibe feel design because it's natural and it's incorporating those different elements. And it's one of the top design trends that we're seeing. If you look at Instagram, you can't avoid it. Um, But I think we can kind of credit that, which is a very young design in the sense what a lot of millennials and younger people are gravitating towards. Yes, tons of organics, tons of textiles that are made with organic elements back to the biophilia and that sustainable lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. Boho is is the way to go. (laughs) Without a doubt. So, um, you know, when looking at, you know, everything that we discussed, um, you know, what would you say are the top tips, just whether it's three tips, five tips, as few or as many, um, tips for selecting or 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 introducing people into biophilic design. What would you say those top picks are as far as like getting into not necessarily it doesn't have to be plant life, um, but introduce like the top five things to implement into a successful biophilic design. I think really important. The first step would be to what are your needs what is your lifestyle so okay i know i'm a busy person or i know i have time so that's where you first start like real let's be realistic what can you handle um so the first step would be start start small don't overwhelm yourself you don't have to bring in a jungle in fact nasa has um they came out with a statement that for i believe it's for every 14 square feet in your home you need one plant okay so depending on your space okay you know some People live in smaller uh, square footage than others, so depending on your space, let's. That's a start. That's okay. a small start. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the plant route. I'm gonna okay. bring in a plant. Okay, I live in 900 square feet. I live, you know, in a smaller space. I don't want this huge plant. Start small. There's hanging baskets. There's you know small little planters you see now. You see a lot of small stuff out there. A lot of like mini plant right. material, and it's because you know some spaces are smaller and, and others. There's something for everyone out there. But my three tips would be: don't get overwhelmed. The first step was if you've never had a plant, go with low maintenance. Okay. That's your first step. Uh, The second one would be, okay, now I have plants in my space. What else can I bring in? Just bring in natural elements, some wood, 
uh, some concrete, some stones. That's step two. And then I always go with a water element. I'm I, I'm drawn to water. It is part of, of nature. So what is, what do you mean bring in a water? Yeah, you could, you could even do something as small as a, a tabletop fountain. Right. And just listening to the soothing sounds, to that water sound, will literally bring your blood pressure down if you're having a bad day. So pick a room, maybe start with one room in your home. See how you're doing there. Absolutely. Give it about a month, maybe. Okay, <laughs> everything's alive. Everything's good. I feel better. You'll see it. Take a step back and see where you were when you started versus, okay, I've been living around this space for a month now and I feel really good. I feel peaceful. I feel serenity, etc. cetera. Um, I'm ready to introduce maybe a bigger plant, a more challenging plant. And then you go to step two and step three. And before you know it, that beginner um, plant parent becomes a plant enthusiast, becomes... You know, they get what I'm seeing, too, is the same plant customer at a year ago is now an expert because they've gotten so much into it and they see the benefits of having this around them, um, their family, everyone. um, They really get into it. And now I'm talking to them a year later and they're talking to me about exotic plants. And I'm like, wow, you went (laughs) from beginner to exotic. And it shows it's, it's it's a really cool thing. Right. And it's absolutely incredible. Like it's science. It's proven. There's facts. It will better your life. It'll better your lifestyle. Um, you know, but something I'm really excited about that I wanted to bring up is, you know, you're going to be in the upcoming Fort Lauderdale Home Designer Remodeling Show. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you for having us. This is going to be our first, our first showcase. I've done trade shows galore for many years and, you know, for other people, but now we're doing it for for us and I'm so excited. What can we expect? Um, Well, I don't want to give it all away. (laughs) Right? Um, You're definitely going to see some green walls. You're going to see some moss, some moss art, um, and, you know, you're going to meet the staff. So we'll, we'll keep it there because we don't want to give it all away but we promise we won't disappoint so make sure you come and visit rosie and the plant me rosie team fort lauderdale february 4th to the 6th broward county convention center home designer remodeling show you cannot miss it Um, obviously rosie and countless other professionals experts everything home design but we've talked a lot about everything today when it comes to biophilic design is there anything we missed or something you want to leave us with um, I just want to leave people with, um, if you're intimidated by plants, don't be, uh, you know, once you've, once you see the benefits, you cannot like ignore that, the right. benefits of what they do for you. So I encourage you to give it a try. Um, you know, get messy, get, get, get rooted. What I say, get grounded. I don't know. Take your shoes off and go walk the backyard, right. you know, bareless. And that's how you're grounded with earth, with our mother earth, our creator. So don't be scared. Go for it. That's amazing. And if somebody wants to reach out to you right now, ask questions, get tips, website, social media, Absolutely. where can we find you? Yeah, you can email me on info at plantmerosie.com. We have a website, plantmerosie.com. You can shoot us messages on Instagram. We're always all day long answering, you know, plant care messages. Um, so you can find us. Absolutely. And that's Rosie, R-O-S-E-Y. That's so it's give us a follow, subscribe to our network, um, but follow us at FL Home Shows. That way we can make sure that we're inspiring you and educating as that is our goal. And we're truly bringing the best of the industry the best of south florida directly to homeowners and others other industry professionals but until next time stay tuned for the next episode yes thank you rosie thank you thank you for having me